Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show, the big show, the 3BY podcast, the most important and critically acclaimed podcast that is recorded in our car. Welcome to the show. Today, we're on the road to central Missouri, from north Missouri. How exciting is that? And one of us is going to end up in St. Louis. The other one is not. So, but that's okay. It's my plan. We're splitting up. We're splitting up. But you know what we've done? We have already discussed our what if things go crazy yes. plan. We have our case. plan, our backup plan, and our fallback backup plan. Right. So, what's so gonna, I don't get stranded in the middle of nowhere. Right. What's going to happen is I'm going to drop her off in Como, then drive over to St. Louis, do some business that I need to take care of, then I'm going to come back to Como, pick her up, and then we're going to go back north. But bad things sometimes happen to good people, and us too. So... <laughs> Uh, we have made contingency plans for her to get home without me if I have to come home another way. I actually have a plan D I hadn't mentioned to him yet. Well, that in we've got a lot. Of, I needed one. We've yeah. got a lot of people at Como who owe us favors. Like that, that is plan D. <laughs> yeah. You see, we think alike. <laughs> yeah, we have a ton of people in Como who will at least put you up, if nothing else, like thirty or forty. They've put up with me for a long time now. <laughs> Yeah, but you're on the you're on the favor end of the favor stick with them. So, anyway, long story short, we were sitting here talking about um, some articles that we've recently published on Three BY. One in particular that we both think, I at least I think, is one of the best ones she's ever written. Uh, she wasn't sure because it's a hard subject. Yeah. Um, it's about Alzheimer's and dementia. And we're looking at the stats this morning because we, we pay attention to see what people are liking, what people are not liking. It just published, by the way. Yeah, as it just we published speak last, here. last night. Uh, uh, 3BY, strangely enough, 3BY runs on Greenwich Mean Time. And there is a reason for that. And it's, I'm not going to tell Obscure you. Obscure and we don't care. You don't need to know. <laughs> uh, it's one of my quirks. So, 3BY runs on Greenwich Mean Time, in case you're ever wondering why the, the timestamps look weird. Anyway, it published last night, and as occasionally stories do, it went absolutely splat against the wall. It was met with massive indifference. Nobody's reading it. And it's really a good story. At least I think it is. It and was... we've, we've published some stories that we think are strong, and we've published some stories that we know are just... Not as strong. Yeah, not as strong. If we the, don't publish the ones we think aren't worth anything, but no, some are worth no. more than others. And then some are, what's the word I'm looking for? They're much more narrowly focused. Like our reviews. Very narrowly focused on that yeah. particular product. And if you're not interested in that product, there's no reason you're going to read the review. We publish those because people who do searches wanting them will find it, not because we think everybody on the planet who wants to prep might be interested. Yeah, for example, um, I published a view on the uh, Phoenix Arms HP-22A. Boy, uh, that thing's gotten a million reads. I, I, it's it's, it's one of the top articles on 3BY. I mean, it's, we're getting, I mean, I'll log in and I'll see that thing. You may have 50, 75 reads you know, a year after it's published. Just random people from the Internet, but they're, they're catching it on the search engines. So, 
That's why a lot of the stuff we publish, we publish, we realize that it, it's not going to get picked up in prepper circles. It's not going to be linked out there on the, on the good linkers that are out there. But people will find it. And we have very few articles that completely go splat. Occasionally we do. But this, this Alzheimer's one just went absolutely yeah. splat. So far, it's just, totally splatting. I mean, totally splatting. And it was... Like, whole- if you read it, you are one of the, like, three people. Okay, it's more than three, but it's not many more than three. I mean, we usually get... It, it has, at this point in time, about a tenth of the reads that this article would usually get. And it's about people who are confused and things that... Uh, I, I spent some time recently hanging out with a friend who has developed this problem and is his caregiver. And I learned some things about, it surprised me, about how these conditions manifest and things that are likely to trigger it that I really hadn't thought about. And they were really relevant to prepping-type situations. Right. It's, it's a very, very so, relevant subject. It's spot on. And we're- a lot of people are going to have to deal with it. Because it's not just Alzheimer's, it's confusion from many sources would tend to give rise to some of these problems. And we're not here to talk about that article. We could do a podcast on that article. In fact, I think I will want to do a podcast on that article simply because maybe the podcast people, (laughs) I don't know, we have subscribers, maybe they'll listen to what we have to say. But the thing is, it's a... This is a big deal. And then medication does help Alzheimer's. So, but we get into it to at least an extent, okay? Nothing cures it, but at least to an extent, medication does ameliorate some of the symptoms. And if we get into a, a stuff hits the fan situation, that medication's going away. So people need to know how to deal with people who have Alzheimer's because they're going to need to be taken care of. This is part of prepping. It's in the category of things, I, I write a lot of these, that I think are actually important for people to know in emergency situations, but no fun to think about, not much fun to write about, hard to write about in some cases. You know, they're not fun, they're not sexy, they're not cool, but I think they are important, so we put them out there. And sometimes we're shocked that they're, they get you know, widely linked across the internet. We get thousands and thousands of reads on them, which is great. But sometimes they just go absolutely splat. Whereas we know if we wanted, if the goal was to get as many reads as possible, we know what kind of article we do that. Yeah, we could, we, I could write an article a day, an article a day that would get thousands and thousands and thousands of reads. I know exactly the subject to write them on. I know how to write. I'm a professional writer. I know how to do it. I'm not bragging. I just know what people want to read. Five things you're doing wrong with your ammunition supply. I mean, or... just <laughs> pump out the same basic stuff that everybody else is pumping out. But we, so we were talking about, so what's going on here? Why is it that something that is important that will affect many of people out there, why is it that People don't read this stuff. Why is it? And we've, we've got some ideas as to why certain topics in the prepper world that are critically important, that need to be addressed, 
get very little attention. And others get an excessive amount of attention. Uh, way more than they're worth. Yeah. Way more than they're worth. So what is this? What, what's going on? So here are our theories as to what's going on. Theory, uh, theory number one. Some people do it uh, because they like the cool factor, the rugged survivalist image. I The rugged survivalist image. That's, that's kind of how I'd highlight that one. I can see this. Oh, yeah. I, I, I like this. that image, too. I, I like to think of myself as somebody who can manage under difficult circumstances without modern conveniences. There's a picture, a series of pictures that we use. Uh, they were graciously uploaded by somebody on Pixels, P P I X E L S. If you ever need some free graphics, I recommend go there because we go there. And it, they're free for us to use without attribution. But somebody uploaded a really cool set of graphics that I use a lot of, of a guy and a shotgun standing alone against the whatever, you know, and you know, it's it's a great image, and we can all see ourselves as this guy with his shotgun standing there, our backs to our our loved ones, facing out, protecting, blah blah blah. You know, that's a beautiful, fun, exciting image. Yeah, and if we were in the the kind of situations where that was called for, we would definitely want to be that guy. Right, absolutely, and, and that's fine. So that. It, Let's be clear. We're not judging here. Oh, no. Because no. a lot of these are part of the reason we're all here, too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love, that's so, why I use this picture. I think it's cool. Yeah. And it's, it's, but having said that, that is only one small aspect of prepping. And we cannot afford, as a prepping community, to concentrate on that one small aspect. And we do so at our peril. Because we're going to be the only people that's going to be punished by overloading in that one area. Whether it be, uh, I see debates all the time, endless debates on the prepper forums about, you know, the best tactical body armor. Should I wear body armor? Should I not wear body What? No. No, 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 no. This is not what we need to be spending our time on. If you look at the percentage of situations that you might need preps for, in which body armor would play an important role, yeah, I think you're looking at a pretty small percentage of potential situations there. Okay. Guys. If you're going to spend five hours prepping, and... Your choices are to spend five hours studying, researching, and purchasing body armor on one hand, or spend the same amount of time, money, and resources buying and purchasing water purification systems. I know which one of those is much more likely to save your life. And that body armor you're wearing isn't going to save your three-year-old. Clean water will. That's your bottom line. What is the bottom line here? And so we, we try to keep this in mind when we're doing this stuff on 3BY because, well, one, if we anybody reads and gets helped by us, that's fine. That's great. That's what our goal is. We don't make a dime off the site. We don't make a dime. 
There's no advertising on it. We have gotten not any recon or compensation, whatever, and that's fine. We're not we're not in it for compensation. I will say we have had one company send us some stuff uh, to do as a trial. I did not guarantee them I would do a review on it. By the way, they has they sent us some inexpensive items, and we may well do a review on those, but. The deal is, of course, we're going to say whatever we want. If they stink, you're going to know it. <laughs> if they, yeah, if these things stink, and we haven't tried them out yet. If these things stink, you will have sent the world to a place that's going to just dog them, because we will. And we'll make it perfectly escape. Hey, these are a product that were supplied to us, and we've, we're going to try it once and see how that goes. But we're going to be straight up about it. These people sent us this product at no charge. And they're not an expensive item. I think they're $16 item. Yeah. It's like, um, and it's something that we otherwise would probably not have bought. Or so, well, we'll find out. I, I don't know. And I don't even, I didn't even guarantee my review. Anyway. Anyway. So <laughs> this is where we're coming from. But we also realize that, that uh, we want to provide information that people want to read. Sure. So we've got this two-edged thing going on here. Which is more important, uh, giving people what they want to read or giving people what we think they need to read? Well, we go with the what we think they need to read first. And sometimes that's fun. And sometimes it's fun. That's right. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with the what five, what five ammunition choices should you make articles. We write them. Because they are important, and everybody's got their own view. But there's also a real importance for the Alzheimer's-type articles or for the effective way. This is another one we had this week. It didn't go flat nearly as bad as the Alzheimer's one did, but uh, it wasn't it didn't get a much. raving success. Yeah. Um, tips and tricks for using insecticides. On yourself, deet and stuff, They're or other deterrent, biting insect deterrent, uh, biting insect and tick deterrent. Yeah, because we've learned we've learned some lessons. Oh boy, we got knows. plenty of those at the place. They'll yeah. give us practice. Yeah, we got yeah ticks are not an issue. You know, we got we've had poison ivy stuff on our site. We've had um, these are just some examples. Uh, a lot of water stuff in <laughs> dealing with. Uh, poop. I Both think building latrines and uh, diarrhea. I yeah, th that one didn't go very well. I mean, it, it's out there, but that one also, if you look at it, it also has a few reads a day, and we see that a lot. We'll have uh, like yesterday. I eh, it wasn't yesterday. Yesterday, the day before I looked, and we had. Um, Nearly 300 articles on our on our website had received at least one read. If you think about that, nearly 300 separate articles on our our website had received at least one read. And we're just this little bitty blog out in the middle of nowhere. That's a lot of people reading these back articles. So it's good that we have them out there. 
There's another reason, though, I think people are prepping. And one of the reasons we actually wanted to do this podcast is because for those people, uh, thinking about what kinds of things they pay attention to might be helpful to them. And that's the people who do it as part of a way to cope. People do not like uncertainty. It's wired into our brains to not like uncertain circumstances. And one of the things we do is if we, if you feel you have some sense of control, you feel better about uncertain circumstances. Cause face it, the world's an uncertain place. We know that we're preppers. We wouldn't be here if we didn't know that was a thing. And one of the ways we cope with that uncertainty is being ready to deal with that uncertainty and having plans in place. If that is part of the reason you're here, then things that are important but not necessarily fun probably should be on your menu. Because otherwise you're just kind of lying to yourself to give yourself a false sense of security. That's why we're so we're so up on as I want to say up on, we're so uh, proactive. That's a better word. We're so proactive on a lot of things that we think are critically important that, that I just, you just don't see a lot of people putting emphasis on. For example, that's why we're so focused on not only production of our own food, but in producing our food in an environmentally in, uh, positive way, uh, we're not tree huggers. Oh, trust us. If you saw the slaughter zone, <laughs> if you saw the slaughter zone we turned trees. our large clearing into and saw how we absolutely demolished over a hundred trees, just just demolish them, literally chewed them into toothpicks with this big machine. On the big clearing, to keep it a clearing. Uh, to keep it a clearing. Oh, I get, I, I get the aside today. I'm okay. going to take the aside because I was out at the place this week. And one of the reasons we did that is we wanted to keep, we have a couple on our acres, 30-ish acres. We have a couple of clearings that are, that were there when we got them. And we're trying to keep them clear, the hilltops clear and we slaughtered a whole bunch of trees that were trying to grow up into the clearing and what i mean last year it was giant mess of it yeah and then we even sprayed it which is something we avoid doing at the place to help kill off the fescue to encourage the native uh, prairie grasses right we're trying to basically restore restore our prairie keep the prairie restored there and we thought you know one of the reasons we want this is because someday we may really need to hunt this uh hunt this place for meat and by golly, if we keep those clearings open, that's going to be the best chance we've got to uh, easily hunt, especially the deer. And turkey. Yeah. Cause we because edges. I know the deer and turkey like to hang out in the little valleys that ring the bottom underneath the uh, hilltop that the clearing's on. So I was out early uh, the other morning when I was at the place, and I go to the head of the long clearing, and about uh, 150 yards down there, she's standing there looking at me and flicking her little white tail in agitation. She's not sure if she should leave or not, and she's just standing there staring at me, and I'm like, okay, if I was hunting for deer right now, and I mimicked picking up the gun and getting the gun ready and getting into a nice shooting position... 
and she's sitting there looking at me, and we would have had venison for dinner, guys. Having... The plan worked to a T. And this is just an example. There, there's deer all over the place. It's what we're trying to do. And we're even going to the point of doing doing stuff like clearing out trees to make the acorn crop better for the wildlife. Why? Because if we need to hunt the place, we need the environment to be good to we grow need a, deer. Uh, yeah, we need them to produce an excess of uh, offspring for us to shoot and eat. We have a pond, right? We have a pond, and we've stocked that with fish. And people will use, oh, you go fish there? No, we don't fish there. Why don't you fish it? Because we want the fish to be there if we need them. It is a larder for us. That pond isn't a recreational toy. It's although a, I like it. Although we like it. Yeah, it's, and it's a, it's a good environmental thing. And it oh, gives us a deer place to go drink. And yeah, that would be the other place we would be shooting the deer. Because they go down there all the time. And we have a nice angle, a couple of nice angles, to hunt where the deer like to go to drink. And also, well, frankly, we, we've, we've kind of got it. Part of what we did was unintentional for the deer. Uh, by keeping paths cleared, <laughs> the deer take our paths. Yeah. So we know exactly where they're going to be walking. I could so, do, be totally redneck and hunt from my front porch. <laughs> yeah, you could be totally. But, you know, in all honesty, if we were in an emergency situation, that's a big deal. But, yeah, we've got this. We've got a pond stock full of fish and she dropped a hook in it with her brother last year just to see what would happen pop 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 <laughs> right away boom. i made three casts i caught three fish i got a feel for the size of the fish and what they were doing and then i stopped hassling them and back they went because they weren't big they weren't even if i was hungry i'd, I'd be keeping them <laughs> but since i wasn't that wasn't the goal they were not of a size that i wanted yeah, to start the pond isn't that old yeah. We're still working. I mean, we're letting the fish grow right now. Yeah, they'd grown considerably from when we put them in, but they'd only been in for two years. So, And, yeah, we've got to, we've got to do some pond management there this summer or this fall. And uh, this, again, is part of what we're talking about. And we're going to write about the, farm, the, the pond management. We know a lot of you people don't have ponds. We get that. We know a lot of you people probably don't care about fish management in a pond. But the Internet's a big place. And some of you may need to know this. And some of you may need to know this. That's right. Um, and it's it's kind of one of those deals where, you know, you have to understand things like you got pond water to drink out of. Okay, now we need to talk about it's an emergency situation. We need to talk about hygiene. We need to talk about viruses. Because the last thing we want is for virus. To get into the pond water. The single best improvement in human health in the history of human beings has been improved hygiene to keep stuff that's in the waste out of the water and to get people clean water. And yep. we've got a bunch of articles on those topics for that reason because the last thing we want is to get into an emergency situation because these things do eventually happen. In fact, this this, this last week. She had an article, on another article on the uh, composting. Composting toilets. toilets. Uh, she went and... Uh, Nicer than latrines when you don't have sewage systems. Yes. Now, these composting toilets, 
Yeah, they're not fun to read about. They're not. We get that. They're not that fun to use. I mean, they work, but uh, but the deal they're better is, than latrines, but still, the deal is if the grid goes down for two or three weeks, and that's all we're talking needs to be. If the grid goes down for two or three weeks, one week, one week, you're already looking at if you're living in town and people are pooping in their yards. You're already looking at a huge health risk. And you back up human health and survival of children and all those things to the levels they were uh, in in bad areas of the medieval world. Right. Immediately. Where, Where you have, you know, it's the exception that lives to adulthood. Where yeah. they didn't name their children for a couple of years because they just didn't want to. Because they lost 30 or 40% of the children in the first year. That, think about that. The chances of you losing a child was still, unfortunately, happens. and It's tragic when it does. A good friend of mine lost a baby in, to SIDS several years ago. And it tore them up. And it's tragic. But, you know, 150 years ago or on back that was normal sure uh, even civil war era, era you'll find people having 12 kids and three of them make it to adulthood and that's not rare right now you know and those, it's hygiene almost always a lot of the a lot of the people out there know the Laura Ingalls Wilder story because they listened to the books when they were kids especially the girls because they're kind of a girl series they listen to the Lori Ingalls Wilder, but nowhere in that series does she talk about her brother. Because he died young. Because he died young. Now, he was there during a lot of what was going on, and I don't remember exactly. I'm not a big fan, but I just know that the baby boy didn't make it into the books because that was too sad of a thing for children's books. So he was never mentioned. There was a, there was a son. And he died in infancy. He died of a disease that was, we don't have anymore. I forget exactly which one it was. Well, we do, but. We, we have it. I don't remember if it was almost cholera nobody gets caught or by it. it was, it I was think it one was of them. Scarlet fever, scarletina, yeah. something like that. A communicable disease yeah. that we just don't have a problem with anymore because of hygiene. So if you're doing this because you want a sense of security about safety for your family, you might as well give them real security. Right. Now, she was talking about, you know, she was talking about to me, uh, my, I'm, I'm all about the fact that preppers tend to uh, fall very, very, very much under the influence of normalcy bias. They just, everybody does. It's not just preppers. Humans. Everybody, humans do. Yeah. They just listen to the things they want to listen to, the things that make them comfortable. Okay. And that's what we get into a lot of. And we're trying. We try to bust normalcy virus. Normalcy virus. Normalcy virus. <laughs> <laughs> that it almost works. It almost works. And yeah. uh, she's like, and I'm like, yeah. Even the even the people who do bias don't spend enough time on normalcy bias. And she's like, oh, you are full of 
manure, Salty. You're full of manure. <laughs> oh, the black swan people. And I'm like, well, why don't you tell them the what black, black swan, swan people? Yeah, I was thinking of a particular economist who got his uh, Nobel Prize in economics for talking about black swans. Here's the thing. If you've got a bunch of swans, most swans are white. Say you're a swan raiser. Don't have a bunch of those these days, but there are some. Or you watch swan flocks that are wild. Most of those swans will be wild, uh, white. You can go for years seeing nothing but white swans. Decades, thousands upon thousands of birds. Nothing but white swans. But there is a genetic mutation that does occur from time to time. And eventually, you're going to get a black swan. It's not a question of will a black swan ever occur. It's a matter of when will a black swan occur. And with the normalcy bias, it's basically getting into the rut of thinking, even even if you're prepping for stuff, you're prepping for relatively rare events, you can get into the mindset of thinking about certain things and always your mind always goes back to those certain things and you don't visualize the whole situation. So you might visualize, oh, the uh, power's gone out and the grid's down and all that stuff. And here's what I'm going to do to protect my family from potential raiders. And here is how I'm going to feed my family. But have you thought about where you're going to put your family's poop? Have you thought about how you're going to keep your 10-year-old from bouncing off the wall with boredom? So it's about visualizing the entire potential situation and what your life would actually look like being able to deal with that. Do you have a good way to wash your hands before you eat? Because if you don't have a convenient way, it ain't going to happen. Reference article on Tippy Tap, which is a handy way to wash. A lot of this stuff I get from looking at places that are uh, places in the world that are less developed and they don't have the services and they need to do this kind of thing every day. And the original situation is people usually have bad hygiene and bad water control and lots of disease. But, you know, one of the most effective ways to help those areas improve their general well-being is to help them improve their hygiene and things with the materials on hand. And I steal ideas from those guys. Now, part, and this is going to get into my soapbox a little bit, but but I believe it. I, I honestly believe this is one of the most important uh, parts of the, the bias in the prepper world. And just basically based off of what she was just talking about, she was talking about uh, you know the third world countries where they don't have the resources to go out and buy their way out of trouble or buy their way into um, security. We do in America. We have the resources to buy products that will make us feel safer. And some of them will make us safer. Well, there's been no doubt about it. Yeah. A lot of the products are good products. Oh, yes. But in the first world, we live in a capitalist society, and I am a capitalist. I am 100% pro-capitalist. I'm so far from communism, it's not even funny, okay? But part of being a capitalist is to recognize the power of advertising and the power 
of information focus. Basically, I always, when I look at any situation, when I look at any website, when I look at anything that I look at, my first thing is, okay, where's the money going? Who's making the money? Who's making the money? How are they making the money? All right? Why does this matter? It matters because the people who are making the money are the people who are steering the boat. So don't let this... Most of the boat. We have a teensy tiny little rowboat here, but it's not money driven. Right. Because we're not making anything off it. But let's look at some of the other... She's talking about the third world stuff. There's a perfect example. One of one of the greatest sets of resources out there are, and they're done by a publisher. I don't remember the name, but you'll know the books. Where there is no doctor, where there is no dentist. These are books, right? And you can go onto the companies, or you can go on Amazon or anywhere and buy a copy of these books, or these, you can go to their website and get a free PDF. Yes, or you can just download it. For free, no charge. And they do this as a resource for people who cannot afford to get the information. And these books are written for third worlders. Yeah. They're written with the idea that this is what third world people can do with the resources that they have. There's a lot of, well, if you can get this stuff, this is the best way. If you can't get this stuff... Here's another thing to try. Right. It's a very practical work with what you got guide. But it doesn't make anybody a whole lot of money because you can buy the book and we've bought the book because it's nice to have a hard copy there and uh, all that. But they'll give it to you because the people who publish it want the information out there. Right. It's more not, than they want the money. Yeah. Now, this is the kind of thing that I personally... It's kind of one of those deals where, where I'm like, yeah, okay, that's a really cool product, right? That's a really cool product. Sure. But why am I seeing this? I'm seeing this because you want to sell me that product. I'm not necessarily seeing this because this is the most important thing for me to be spending my money on to make my family prepared. The job of a person selling a product is to sell you that product. And it's not necessarily to sell you the most important thing you need to be doing for preparation. It's, okay, this is the product I have to sell. This is why you should buy it. And that drives a lot of what's going on in the prepping community and every other community on the planet. Don't get me wrong. This is not just a prepping thing. So one of the things I would like to throw out there to help people get past bias is start thinking, okay, who do, do I really need this? And who's making the money? We're going to go back to this lovable Lou thing. Right? The humanure. It's a company. Or it's a group. I don't know if it's actually a company or not. And they have this little product. It's a the 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 lovable loo. It's a product. You can buy one. Pre-made. It's really nice. 
We did. We because did. Because we're not carpenters. Yeah. They would build it better than I would build it. And, so and it's really big, nice. Big guy. And I'm a big guy. So, yeah. Um, but they'll give you the plans for free. They'll give you, they give the book away? Yeah. They'll give the book away for free in PDF. I think it's a PDF. And that's that's reasonable. You should not expect people to, to give you a print book, but you know they'll give you the book for free. Why? Because their biggest concern is they want the information out there. And this is what I'd like to see more of in the prepping world. This is what we're trying to do. We're paying our social rent with 3BY. That's why we're doing it. We're not doing 3BY to make money. We're doing it to pay our social rent. We've had a podcast on that. We've talked about social rent before. But this is our way of of being good human beings because you have to, you have to, you can't sit in a little you shell. can't just be a taker. You can't be a taker. If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the precipitate, as the chemists well, that's right. say. <laughs> so I think we're going to leave it there. So uh, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you the next time.